Real Talk listeners, welcome back. We are on our third episode of this mini series. We're talking about what's impacting human resource departments. And, you know, we just got done talking about benefits where we talked benefits just aren't your basic foundational items. It's all the nice to have. It's all the bonuses. It's the entire total rewards package, right? Let's just face it. But we are also talking about How do we utilize and identify the right data and metrics to be a department, uh, a successful department and impactful to the business? Michelle, you know, it's interesting because uh, human resources isn't seen as a revenue generating department. And therefore, a lot of times when you're interviewing for positions in HR or organizations are identifying consultants like us, They're trying, you know, uh, executives and leaders, CEOs, the chief financial officers, always asking about what type of metrics or what is the ROI that you're going to be bringing to the organization, whether it's a benefits department, whether it's just your entire HR strategy, but they're always asking for the return on investment. And that essentially binds or bounds down to the numbers. They want to crunch numbers. How are you going to be impactful to our organization to in in turn create us revenue or generate some return on investment in our organization? So how do we identify that and, uh, you know, figure that out? You know, um, it's interesting. This is one of the topics that we brought up because while there are multiple challenges that HR faces right now, this is one that is ongoing since the dawn of time. Now, I believe that I have a sixth sense. Like I just know stuff. I can read an audience really well. It's the reason that I can navigate conversations really well is because I pick up on nuances. However, to your point, people don't want to know what my gut thinks. (laughs) They want to know how it's going to matter. And honestly, if you were talking to virtually any other department within an organization, especially if you were talking to your operations force, whatever that looks like, depending on the industry you're in. And we were saying that that group needed to create a clearly defined plan. We would want them to be able to say, here's what I'm measuring, here's what it looks like today, and here's what it's going to look like when we implement this stuff. And then we would want them to implement that stuff and then circle back around and show us that they met that number that they proposed they were going to meet. Now, I'm going to admit up front, regardless of what department you're in, that is freaking scary. It is scary to be able to say, by implementing this training program, we will see this percentage reduction in quality issues in a six-month period of time. That's scary. It's scary because you're basically putting your work on the line. But imagine this for a minute, even if you do it conservatively and don't aim for the stars. Imagine for a second if you as a leader were actually able to say, here's what I'm fixed. Here's how I'm going to fix it. And here's what good's going to look like when it's done. Like you would open up the doors for virtually anything that you needed. If you were a, a leader or a department that could 
show a track record of predicting your impact in a measurable way, people would listen to you. It does require that you put some thought into it. So there was a, there's a survey that I was looking at, which is why we decided to bring up this particular topic where HR professionals were interviewed. And in this particular survey, 59% of the HR professionals said that not only do they not currently utilize data properly, they don't know how to. So even if they were provided with the right resources, they wouldn't know what to do with it. And that goes back to what you said, Maria, which is it's not something that we have traditionally done. And coming from the world of learning and development, what I have found often is that we measure the safe stuff and not the return on investment. And that's really where, from a learning and de- development perspective, Kirkpatrick really pushes you to what they call um, return on investment measurement. But most learning and development departments don't go that far. They stop at butts in seats or smile sheets. And those things are important, but they are leading indicators of your lag performer. So. What I really mean about that is that, and I, I love a leading indicator because it predicts whether or not you are on track to meet your ultimate goal. So if your goal was to reduce quality issues by 20%, one of the indicators of success might be whether or not all of your employees attend a quality control class, right? And so measuring attendance becomes important to gauge whether or not you might achieve that 20% or that 10% number. I can't remember what I said. But ultimately, it's not butts in seats that most organizations care about. They care about whether or not you actually reduced defects by a certain percentage if that's what you're proposing. We've talked about this recently in a podcast where it's about digging deeper to the business contribution, not the surface level metric. So there there are definitely some areas of HR where that surface level metric is what you are looking for because that is the impact. We'll give you one example of that, turnover. But what I would do if I were measuring turnover, and obviously I'm going to want to decrease in turnover, I'm also going to have crunched my information to be able to give you an accurate prediction of money and time saved as a result of not having a revolving door. So a reduction in turnover results in this much savings for the organization. That's another thing that from an HR perspective, the sooner we're able to embrace, the easier it will be to actually start to pick data or metrics that matter. It is that because we are not revenue generating, we only spend money. That's what we do. You're going to either have two choices when it comes to business contribution. 
One, save money. So maybe I negotiate a better deal with benefits and I'm able to show that I spend less on benefits this year than I did last year. That's one example. Notice that I said because I negotiated a better deal, not because I threw some benefits away. Okay. So cost savings can always be something that you can show as an actual contribution to the business. But more often than not, your contribution will be an aspect of another department's success, which means that you're going to have to partner with that other department in order to come up with numbers that feel successful for that contribution. Everything impacts everything else. You, uh, I was working with an organization we're working with right now who is going through a significant HR systems change. It is going to negatively impact their entire leadership and to a lesser degree all of their employees because their entire employee interaction, it's their, it's their HRIS system. So the entire employee re- interaction uh, with computers is going to change means for a few weeks, it's going to be slower to clock in. It's going to be slower making vacation requests. It's going to take them longer to send internal communication. They're going to get lost. They're trying to figure out how to look up their benefits. So they might've gone off the floor to check something and it might take a little bit longer. And when we were talking, one of the things that we talked about was they are going to see a decline in some performance aspects for a few weeks from their leaders, particularly before they see an increase. Because overall, what they expect to see is a time savings, um, that their leaders will spend less time on certain administrative tasks. However, while they're learning the process, they're going to spend more time doing it. And so we built a plan that was built over the course of six months versus something that measured just 30 days or 90 days because we knew we needed to get through that hump to get the bigger place. So it's an HR system that's changing, actually costs more than the previous HR system. So we couldn't talk about cost savings, but what we can talk about is efficiency and the performance of all leaders in the organization, right? And that meant, that we had to feel comfortable practicing it enough to identify where efficiencies were going to happen and what percentage of efficiencies we could see. That meant working very directly with the operational group that would be interacting within that system. Now, there are going to be other places where you can talk about solid savings. But again, you're going to have to look beyond Uh, the HR department. We've uh, recently worked with an organization that launched a new learning management system. Actually, it was not a new learning management system. It was the first time they had a formal system for learning and management or uh, learning management. The system itself was a quarter of a million dollars over the course of several years, which was the contract based on the aspects of the system that we wanted integrated, as well as the norm number of employees that would need access to the system. So we knew it was going to be pretty expensive to begin with. In order to have approval for the money, 
but be able to show benefit, we looked at several things. First of all, we waited to the end of the year because all software companies are trying to get that less sale for the end of the year and they typically drop their price. So first of all, we use that as a way to get something less than that quarter of a million dollars. But then we looked at whose jobs would become easier as a result of an implementation of the system. So we knew that leaders' jobs would be easier because they wouldn't have to host shift meetings to do required training, which is what they were doing right now. So we were able to look at how many hours they spent doing live training to all of their employees that was required. Then we were able to look at the amount of time that administrative people spent storing the records that all of the employees showed up to those FDA required trainings. Because if we were ever audited, we had to be able to prove it. And then the organization had several, probably a dozen employees that were considered trainers, but only taught classes that could now be delivered through the learning management system. So we were able to do a couple things. We were able to move them into different positions, not for all of them, keep some of them, give them advanced training so they could offer things beyond compliance training. They could actually offer leadership training now. And so when we built that entire cost analysis out, what we were able to show is we were able to get learning management systems signed for three years and save the money, save the company $75,000 a year. So it was a win-win. That became one of those moments where people were like, duh, of course we're going to do that. Why wouldn't we save almost $100,000 a year for three years and get cooler technology in the process that makes us more compliant? But it requires that you spend more than a minute trying to look at the metrics. Sure. You have to be very thoughtful and methodical about how you're going to be saving the, the organization money. And it's not just about what's impacting your department, but how, it, how what you do in HR impacts other departments. Absolutely. Let's talk about from an HR perspective, as well as the organization, but definitely within HR, what are some of the benefits of actually digging into data and looking in the metrics? First of all, helps you plan for the future. You can get beyond what I call crisis management. A lot of HR teams spend a significant amount of time in crisis management. In fact, I've had people tell me that that's what HR does. It is not what HR should do, at least not what all of your HR team should be doing. So it definitely helps you plan for the future. Um, it helps ensure that not just you, your HR team is making informed decisions, but it gives the other executives within the organization the information they need to make informed decisions. They don't know your department. And they don't have to know your department. That's the reason they hired you. And the more information you can give them, uh, the easier it will be. It can absolutely impact the employee experience. From a general perspective, people want to do a good job. 
And so if you know that you are planning HR initiatives that have a positive impact on the employee's ability to do their job, then you're going to have a positive impact on the employee experience. You're going to be able to prove that HR is critical for business performance, that you have the ability to make the organization more effective and more efficient. Um, You can absolutely break HR into a couple of specialties and dig into metrics a little bit deeper, whether it is recruiting, learning and development, performance or compensation. Those are just a few areas where you can really start to dig deeper and identify the ways that you impact the business beyond just making people happy. Okay, last piece of advice. You ready for this, Maria? And then we're going to go and you can wrap it up. When you start to define some of the metrics or the data that you're going to use to communicate, keep a couple of things in mind. These are things that I have found if you are trying to do something that has a, the right impact in these areas, that you are probably measuring the right things. Does it make the employees experience better? Does it make the customers experience better? Does it make the organization more efficient or effective in how they do their jobs every day? If you start by saying, am I having a measurable impact in these areas? you are probably going to be able to start measuring something that the entire organization cares about. Yeah, and I think that's the most and that's the most important, right? When you're taking a look at obviously data, this entire topic is not the most sexiest and attractive, but it is the most important, right? How you're outlining your data, your metrics, your return on investment back to the business is most critical if you focus on those essentials. You know what, Maria, maybe in a few months, maybe a little bit later in this year, we should do a series. You know what? We're going to plan it. We're going to do a series called Numbers Are Sexy. (laughs) All right. Well, I cannot wait to see how sexy we make these numbers. (laughs) Good deal. Well, you heard it first from Michelle. You know, obviously we can double click into all of these topics as usual, but it gives you some insights. So make sure you're taking a look at how you and your specific department in human resources is investing back and showing a return on investment. And there is always something there. And if you can't figure it out, reach out to us and we will help you do that. So until next time, everyone, take care. Bye.